Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to another thrilling episode of Character Unlock, episode 19, if I remember correctly. Uh, we will probably be talking about what we've been played in the last couple of weeks, maybe throwing a little bit of news while we're at it. I'll be your host this time out. My name is John Miller. Joining me is everyone's favourite angry bloke, Andrew Brooker. How are we, Mr. Brooks? I am good, thank you, buddy. I am good. How about your good self? <laughs> um, I clearly drunk that coffee way too fast because I'm a little bit hyper. Yeah, you've definitely got some kind of caffeine rush going on. <laughs> uh, probably goes well with because uh, I I try, checked out this uh, ice cream truck um, that was in Bletchley the uh, earlier this week Sunday, in fact. Okay. And they they give you trays of ice cream that you can put top any topping you want. So I had Oreos. Okay. It cost me three pound fifty. I'm talking like a fucking tray of ice cream. Nice. Well, like a, we're talking like a like a tray bake cake size tray. Yeah, pretty much. Nice. Yeah. In Ble- can I get from Bletchley to my house without ice cream melting? Uh, they move around. So if you, I'm just sending you a picture now of what it was that I bought. That cost me seven pound. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, they but move they, around. It's going to be like a, a shitty side quest to chase the ice cream man. You just need to. F- if you follow them on Facebook, um, Dessert MK, then they just tell you where they are for that day. I Fair think enough. they're in Buckingham today, but yesterday they were in Ruxley. Okay. And and Sunday that was um, Wicks in Bletchley, but they also they have three trucks, mm-hmm. and one usually drives. And you can if you order if you spend twelve pound fifty, you can actually order them to deliver, and they just park the ice cream truck in front of your house. Now that sounds almost worth twelve pound fifty. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I wonder if I can get them to do it for like the entire time that I'm sitting watching E3 conferences. Just make them uh, park outside. Sadly, I think they only do it between 7 and 9. Well, oh, that's shit. Yeah. It's just not good enough. No. Do you want ice cream at all times? So, just okay. sit there with the with the handle pulled down so that's just the whippy ice cream just pouring straight into your face. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be watching these stupid fucking people sell me marketing numbers and dodgy games at 3 o'clock in the morning. I need something substantial. I need Oreo ice cream, damn it. Or Haribo ice cream. Oh, God. Or, well, no, rather ice cream with Haribo. That's a lot of E-numbers with your ice cream. (laughs) I think there's, like, Galaxy and um, Mars and Snickers, all kinds. Yeah. The the sugar rush is real, but then the come come down to it as well is also pretty severe. (laughs) Excellent. Right, I'm going to put that on my notes. 43 week, and I'm definitely getting those bad boys in. Getting some ice cream in. <laughs> wow. Totally worth spending the amount of money I did on that much ice cream. <laughs> we, we might want to talk about some game stuff, mate. Yeah, but first of all, the news. <laughs> we need to talk about the news. We talk about everything else. Coffee, ice cream, you know, actual gaming stuff now. So, 
since the last episode, stuff has happened. So uh, for those who care, which is basically just Lee from the Mass Effect special, there's some new gameplay footage and other pretty cool info about Destiny 2. First of all, Grimoire cards are being scrapped because they want to put all that l- delicious lore into the game instead of making you go searching for it on their Destiny Companion app, which barely worked and took up about four gigabytes of space on your phone. Uh, they, they were the cards you picked up in-game and said, if you want story, go here. Pretty much, yeah. Instead That's exactly story. Yeah. Excellent. They're getting, rid of, they're getting rid of those, so it's actually in the game. Okay. Uh, there's some new the new classes have been announced because the the traveler gets shielded, so therefore you lose all your light. So you need new classes apparently. Um, but the the Titan subclass, uh, are basically, which is just Captain Tron America. Okay. Yeah, you're you're basically Captain America, but all purple, glowy, like a Tron character, throwing your shield around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's uh the Warlock class gets a sword of fire. And the hunter subclass of an electric bow staff so far. Okay. So you basically Donatello meets <laughs> Thor. Excellent. It does sound like a lot of Ninja Turtle stuff put into Destiny. Yeah. But the important question is, does it have a single player? It Well, single player, probably not so much as you would know it, but there is an actual story now. Whereas before it was mostly just you go point A, go around a free roam map, go into an area you can only get into during that mission kill final boss and get talked at by originally peter dinglage and then nolan north is peter but dinglage par- coming back no they've just commissioned nolan north to do all of the voice works for the um little light okay. whatever whatever it's called Fair shit enough. the cube thing that follows you around i, I can't believe i've actually forgotten what it's Think- called Dinklebot. well yeah but now it's um nolan droid nolan droid <laughs> uh yeah so that's an actual story and the, there's more cinematics than there wasn't before. So, you know, this could end up being a relatively decent sequel for a game that was an absolute pile of shit okay. in the first place. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, because, you know, I've I, I said it a dozen times, Destiny doesn't really interest me that much. But, I mean, is there anything about it that would make someone like me who's gone, yeah, Destiny suck balls, I don't want to play that anymore. Is there something to bring me back to Destiny or into Destiny? Um, well, what was your biggest issue? Was it the mechanics or was it just the fact that there was no real way of playing it on your own? That, it was boring. It had then, no story. It, <laughs> I, I don't like playing with people. People suck. Well, if you can play it semi-frequently, and I say semi-frequently based on the fact that I don't imagine Lee will get much time with his little and being knee-high to a grasshopper. Yeah. Uh, but, you know... Me and him, if you want to play with us, because I will probably end up getting Destiny 2. Fair enough. Just because, he's, just because he's getting it, so I'll get it, so I've got something to play with him, because I miss talking to him. <laughs> I miss his manly voice in my earballs. Bless him. It depends on what comes out, or when it comes out, and what comes out at the same time. Uh, and what I'm I, doing at the time. I think it's penned for a September release. Ooh. Oh god, is it going to be one of those games that comes out like the week before EGX and then they make a big deal about it having a stand at EGX? E, that's what it was last time, but it's not a week before EGX. It's usually around this, the, the, the second weekend of September, so roughly the somewhere between the 8th and the 11th. Okay, 10 days before EGX then. Yeah, depends on when, what uh, September looks like. Yeah. It'll probably be released on, I think, probably the 5th of September. Okay. Because that's a Tuesday, either that or the 12th. Yeah, fair enough. I'm pretty sure original Destiny release was on the 9th, but that was like two years ago, so... Was Do it you get anything for being a current Destiny player when Destiny 2 comes out? 
maybe i don't know i'll be honest i they haven't announced much with regards to um yeah so did you see the uh the news about destiny on pc yes i heard that it's being released but it's being delayed some... Is it being delayed? This the interesting bit was it's going to be exclusive to Battle.net. Yeah. Which I don't think I ex- anyone expected that. Well, it's. I mean, it's an Acti game. It's all part of Acti, so, so and, and Activision what, uh, Blizzard, you know, owns Battle.net. Is Battle.net? Yeah. So it makes sense to get them onto their platform. Just I wonder how many people that's going to piss off. I assume you can buy Destiny One on Steam. Don't e- know. No, Destiny is not on PC. Is it not? No. No, it's not. Uh-huh. Yep. Fair enough. So, so it was ne- Destiny One was not a piece released on PC, uh, and the console market was completely fucked over based on the uh, exclusivity rights for PlayStation. However, it'd be interesting to see what those exclusivity rights for the PlayStation do for the PC gamers. Yeah. Who will just put you know just mod it so that they they get access to all the stuff because it behind it's probably behind an unlock like yeah. a fifty k unlock pack. Fair enough. So. Next bit of news, and as Brooker predicted in like the second episode of us ever, Red Dead Redemption is being delayed until spring of 2018. To be fair, I think everybody that saw Red Dead Redemption had been announced instantly went, yeah, that's not coming out. <laughs> Every single person went, yeah, that's going to be at least summer 2018. Pretty much. I mean, I, I doubt I will actually get it on release. I say that now. I buy every Rockstar game on release, obviously, but I don't know. It's I'm not. I wasn't excited for Red Dead Redemption in the first place. Not really excited for Red Dead Redemption being released on backwards compatibility, and no, not really excited for Red Dead Redemption 2's existence. But did you play Red Dead Redemption? I loved it. I, I played the whole story, finished it, played the multiplayer a lot, but it just—it's one know. of those games that when it came out, I didn't care. I don't. I don't get excited for rockstar releases like everybody else does not because they're bad games just a lot of them tend to bore me and red dead redemption i was like oh no can't be asked and i think i rented it from love film back when love film was still renting games back when love film was a thing yeah this still is a thing uh yeah, i suppose but yeah so i rented red dead redemption I, I fucking adored it and i'm actually genuinely quite excited for red dead redemption too i just it depends on how much extra they put you know rockstar add to the price well just to yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be the the fifty five pound basic edition, and there'll be some kind of special collector's edition, which will have in, which probably give you bonus in game fun bucks. Yeah, I'm all for, for I'm all for dodgy DLC and things like that for you know extra guns and shit. Well, if they follow the same model of GTA five five, yeah, yeah, then there won't be any paid DLC. It'll just be microtransactions. Yeah. All of the the online multiplayer DLC stuff, like the well, heists for one, uh, the yachts that came about, the top-down micro-machines racing, the cunning stunts, all that stuff, that that's all free. Yeah. So it's it being entirely microtransaction based, where you have to spend your hard-earned real money on buying not so hard-earned invisible fun bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably going to be something like that. Yeah. I imagine. There's more money in it that way. True. Everybody ends up buying them as well. We've all done it. Yeah. Well, I think I buy one or two for every game that has them. Well, apart from Mass Effect multiplayer, because I've only played it about four or five times. Fair enough. I, don't, yeah. I tend to not buy them for multiplayer stuff, but you know, single-player games with you know extra DLC and that, sometimes I pick up you know in-game credits or whatever so I can, I don't know, decorate my gun or get a better trigger or 
you know, shit like that. I don't, I don't mind doing that. So I, I do kind of, I'm against spending 40 quid on credit so I can just completely arm myself and stuff that I can earn. But to spend a, a quid or two, I, I have no issue with that. Well, it's the Ubisoft Uplay thing where you basically you complete challenges to get yourself more points. Yep. And then you use those more points to get those weird aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing skins that only last like 20 minutes. Yeah. Like when you do the the ones and you get the extra Assassin's Creed armor or extra Assassin's Creed weapons, oh, yes. which are great up until you hit like level five. Yeah. Every Assassin's Creed that's had them since number two. Where you get to you you can buy with Uplay points like Altair's robes, and, and you can <laughs> yeah. run you can run around whichever city you happen to be in, and whatever Assassin's Creed you happen to be in, wearing an Altair dressing gown. Yeah, but I do it every time because I'm a sucker. It's a good model. <laughs> so uh, next bit of news: uh, Square looking for a new home for IO Interactive. Yeah, that really kind of sucks. That really kind of sucks. It's I would have preferred. For them to get rid of maybe someone I didn't care quite so much about. You mean uh, the, the the home studio for making Final Fantasy? Well, yeah, that. <laughs> it, it it seems a shame to have a, a game so critically applauded as Hitman. You know, that I, I'm pretty sure made the money. I mean, I haven't seen the numbers, but it, it must have done all right. But all right doesn't really cover the whole... I think it was a, a 43 million US no. loss in the last fiscal year. But... It does kind of paint a, sh- uh, a weird light on the on the ho- the the remake of Final Fantasy yeah. Seven, which at the which I always said that Square, when they need money, they will announce that and they will make a fortune. Yeah. If they did announce that and they did make a fortune out of it, and they've still got this forty-three million US loss, imagine how much money they've been burning otherwise. Oh yeah. Especially considering Final Fantasy whatever the fuck fifteen was the was actually really successful. Yeah, actually, I think sold more than the last three Final Fantasies combined. Yeah, it done. Re- it did do really well. I just, it's it's a real shame that that Square won't be publishing any more Hitman games. But IO, from what I understand, IO have kept the the IP for Hitman. Yeah. So if they as a, if they as a studio are sold on to somebody else, they can take Hitman with them. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is that it's not like they're they're selling a studio, or, and when they could have easily just gone well. Hitman IPs ours, so we'll sell you on, or we'll just close you down, like what so many others do. Yeah, but I guess again, you the, know, they... IO don't make much other than Hitman. No. You know, Kane and Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> but Square could easily have just gone, well, we're going to close down IO Interactive. But instead, what they did is they just sold on the Hitman franchise yeah. and to whoever, well, whoever wants to buy it can literally just go, well, yeah, we'll, we'll take Hitman. Here's um, a hundred million US dollars. Yeah. We'll take a studio and and an and an IP. But what does that mean for uh, a possible season two on Hitman 2016? Mm, probably won't get a season two. Might get a, a new Hitman game that's not an episodic one. Although I really I, don't know. I really quite liked <laughs> the episodic model. I know a lot of people didn't, and even I was dubious about it when it first came out. But I really like the way that you can, you know, if you spend, if you know, you, you spend your forty quid or whatever and get your full version. So basically, you know, once a month you get a new downloadable episode that you can jump onto. You can spend a month absolutely rinsing it, and it gives you an opportunity, and it gives a lot of people that don't do this an opportunity to go through a, a mission several times. But I know so many people that 
that played things like Absolution. I know a lot of people didn't like Absolution. I, I quite liked it for what it was. But played through Absolution once and left it. True. Well, there were so many different ways to go through each mission. So many different ways to kill people. So many weird and colourful ways to dress up while you killed people. <laughs> you know, and doing it in an episodic format gave you the opportunity to do that. You know, you kind of went, I have this game and I'm waiting for the next part. Let's try it again. You know, let's try and beat my score. Let's try and do it in just a suit. Let's try and do it without ever being seen or without ever entering the compound or whatever. I re- I thought the episodic thing actually worked really well. I'm, I like episodic idea. I mean, I never, I still haven't got around to playing it. I own it. I, at some point, I will play it. But I think that the episodic idea could work really well for games where, yes, the game itself may not have much replay value, or the game should have more replay value, but people won't give it more play time because it's not Call of Duty multiplayer for, or whatever other multiplayer game that they play at the time. Yeah. So the episodic game basically gives you, oh, here's a here's the next mission, do this, this, and this, complete it, here's a couple of extra targets to do, here's a load of more fun stuff that's around. That's a, that's going to last you longer than, I mean, Hitman Absolution's what, a 20-hour game, if that? Yeah. From from start to finish, or less? You could probably finish it in 12 hours, depending on how, how in-depth you want to play it. But yeah. after those 12 hours, those 12 to 20 hours, do you touch the game again? For most people, no, you don't. But an episodic game, you get a a 30-minute, 60-minute mission, and then you go, oh, well, it's done this. I might try this, this, and this instead, though. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just me, because when I played Hitman 2016, like the first two or three missions, the first two or three episodes, like the first time I played through them, I was in them for hours, like actual hours, just wandering around, figuring out what, you know, the best way to do things, and, you know, figuring out little hidey holes, and if there was stuff hidden anywhere, and all kinds of shit like that. Like, I found my, my way into areas that had absolutely no bearing on the story, or the, the kill whatsoever, but I could go and find stuff, you know, extra people to kill, and things like that. It was absolutely mad. And it meant that by the time I got to the end of Hitman, I mean, what was it, six episodes? You know, call it four hours apiece. That's 24 hours in just my first playthrough, technically. Yeah. You know, and and then you add in all those, those extra ep- targets. Yeah, I played through most of those episodes multiple times as well. And and the elusive target stuff that, that they were doing was amazing and infuriating. Like the twins? Yep, you can only kill <laughs> one. So don't kill the wrong one. <laughs> I mean, I easily failed half of them. You know, the, there was no two ways about it. I failed half of those elusive targets. They were hard as balls, some of them. But they were still fun. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's immaterial. Hitman isn't dead. Io isn't dead. They just don't belong to Square anymore, which means probably no season two for Hitman 2016. And it will be a few years before we see another one. It'll be interesting to see what uh, who picks them up and which engine that is that they'll be building the next game out of. Yeah. they used, Was it the Glacier engine they used for the last two? I think so, yeah. And they, that looked quite good. But I don't know if the Glacier engine belongs to IO or if it belongs to Square. I think it's a, I think it's a Square thing because I think other Square games have it. Oh, fair enough. That's a shame. Well, if it moves to... If Ubisoft picks them up, it'll be using the, whatever, the Unity engine? or Yeah, I can't remember what they call their engines anymore. Anvil Next was the last one I remember and that one was for Unity. Yeah, it'll be the, the something engine. Yeah. Well, EA might pick it up and then it'll be using Frostbite. Oh, God. <laughs> Get to see the lens flare of uh, Agent 47's uh, glistening dome. Damn straight. It's just you're walking along and all you see is just permanent lens flare from the sun <laughs> reflecting off your skull. <laughs> now. 
So, sticking with the theme of episodic titles, Life is Strange, getting a sequel. Yeah, I mean, we, we know absolutely nothing. Yep. Nothing about it whatsoever. We, we got, just know that it exists. Yeah, we got like a 90-second thank you for buying Life is Strange, everybody. Uh, you know, we've sold millions and billions and trillions of copies. Uh, just to let you know, we at Dot Nod are making Life is Strange 2. Or more Life is Strange. I don't think they actually called it Life is Strange 2, but I might be wrong. Uh but yeah, uh, I mean, there's not an awful lot to say about that. But life is, you know, more life is strange. Absolutely, you know. Finally got around to finish it. We talked about it in the last episode. I finally got around to finishing Life is Strange, and I fucking adored it. So yeah, more of that, please. So I'm guessing that worked based on the fact that they had a smaller target audience. But I'm guessing they must have picked up a fair amount of traction because of that word of mouth. Because it, I'm still haven't touched it myself, but you sing its praises. My mate Dunny's constantly singing its praises. You're the only two people that I know that actually like episodic titles. I well, I think a lot of it. I think Life is Strange got lucky when it it was released at the height of Telltale's episodic resurgence, if you like. Yeah. So I think we spoke about this on the on the last episode. It came out around the same time as Game of Thrones and Borderlands and things like that. You know, the big games that were selling like hotcakes, regardless of quality. You know, people were just lapping up episodic content. Uh, so a lot of people picked up Life is Strange just because episodic game. But then, you know, two episodes in, and it does some of the most heart-wrenching, horrendous, soul-destroying shit that really, like, leaves a mark at the end of each episode. And it did get a lot of very positive word of mouth. I've only come across one person, I believe, and it was uh, Pilch, who used to do the, the Pilches and Cream podcast. He doesn't like Life is Strange. I don't. He just couldn't get on with it. But everybody else I know that's picked up and played it has adored it. You know, me included. Not everyone can like everything. Oh no, the world would be boring if we all liked the same thing. And it does take an awful lot of effort to get through episode one without wanting to climb through the TV and minge kick every single person in it. <laughs> minge kick? Because it is, the dialogue is so cringeworthy. But if you can get through it, the actual gameplay is great. The mechanics in the gameplay are great. And the story is outstanding. And yeah, when you get to the end of episode two and you go... Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Please, please let everybody be okay. It's very cool. So, our final piece of news is that Fox Next, so the uh, the uh, the video gaming theme park uh, part of Fox, have commissioned a four-player VR experience alien game. Holy shit, really? Yeah. Got some bad news for you, though. It's going to be rift only, isn't it? No, no. It's just that it requires approximately... 2,000 square feet of space to play it. What? <laughs> you essentially need to have a small warehouse in order to play it because it's going to be that kind of... You pretty much get access to the whole lot. Jesus. It's, it's essentially, I think, what, it's, what the plan for it is that it's going to be essentially shipped out to people from them to then people just go to it and go, I want to play, kind of like, I don't know, turn up and play an alien game in VR. Mm. Oh, I found it. Yeah. New alien multiplayer free roaming VR experience. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to read the whole thing or read it out because that would be really shit podcasting, but I'm, just, I'm curious. <laughs> I knew that it would pick your interests. Well, I mean, Aliens are fantastic franchise and a fantastic IP. And holy shit, the, the, the thing I'm reading, the banner image is from Alien Colonial Marines. What the <laughs> yeah. fuck is wrong with people? Anyway. <laughs> but, you know, I, I said this 
that, like from before I bought a VR, that, that games like Alien Isolation would be amazing in VR. Yeah, and, that's. And now I own a VR, I want it to happen even more. But but Alien Isolation in VR, but also a four-player experience for it could be quite cool. That would be very cool. You and three other people wandering around. I mean, I'm guessing the reason to why it's a, a big open space required is because, well, you can't really make a VR experience in a corridor. No. Because people just bump into everything because there's a fucking alien chasing them. Yep. How so amazing. It's easier to have a big open area and to just have invisible walls. Well, I, they're visible to you, but they don't. They aren't really there. So it's it's all in your head. That makes it feel claustrophobic when it isn't. Yeah. So so therefore, four people talking to each other in a big open area, but you can't. But you you are in an enclosed space to your own knowledge. Yeah. VR style. Yeah, that could be terrifying. Fun, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hot off the fact that Alien Covenant's just come out. Good good timing to announce something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because you get all the people that are excited for and or loved Covenant will jump right on it, assuming they've got a warehouse. Yeah. That's the, the small downside. Although... It, it will what? turn into, like, a VR experience, like something you'll be able to, you know, go to London or Manchester or Birmingham or something and you know, book tickets for you and your three mates to go and have a go at it. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. That'd be a pretty cool team bonding exercise. Yeah. Try and survive an alien. I'd also be an awesome stag do. Oh, God, yeah. Back Minus the, the alcohol, of... because that'd be quite, quite scary. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's basically VR alien wars from Dan yeah. you know, Trocadero way, because I used to go to that occasionally. That was quite cool. <laughs> just imagine playing an alien VR game while hammered. God. Imagine you're trying to run away over... from it, just fall over and land flat on your face. Yeah, they probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't be allowed to do it while inebriated on the grounds that it's very expensive equipment to smash to pieces when you fall over yourself, <laughs> or fall over the PC that you're attached to. <laughs> awesome. I'll keep yeah. my eye on that. I'm quite. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Glad I saved that one for you to be told about it for the first time. <laughs> so that's the end of the news. We're going to go into what we've been playing. Right, what we've been playing. Uh, Brooks, what have you done with yourself since the last time? Uh, I, I tell you what, I'll, 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 there's one game I really want to talk about, but I'll, I want to talk briefly about Prey. Because I bought Prey, and I was very excited for Prey, and my entire plan was to spend the last couple of weeks playing Prey so I could talk about it on this podcast. Uh, problem is, it hasn't really panned out like that. No? Well, I'm struggling to get into it. I'm really struggling to get into it. It's... It seems to be, and I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, yesterday, I think it was, and it suddenly hit me. I've also had this issue with Dishonored 2, whereas everything about it should be excellent. Everything about it screams made for Brooker. But the fact is, I just can't get into it. And I think a lot of it is with Prey, and I think Dishonored does it a little bit as well. It's really struggling to crowbar in a story. I'm, I'm really not. I'm not enthralled in the story I'm playing at the moment. Now, granted, with Prey, I'm only six hours in. I've really not played it for long. You know, I mean, for all the measure it's worth, how how long to beat says Prey is about 13 to 15 hours long, just for the story. So you're about halfway then, in yeah, theory. Yeah, so I'm maybe a third of the way through, because 15 hours would probably mean 20 for me, because I tend to wander around looking at everything, reading all the excerpts from books and things that kick around. So I'm probably a third of the way through. And, you know, the story's got to a point where things are being explained and things are happening and monsters are monstering and there's things happening. But 
I'm just really struggling to be interested or even really care about Morgan Yu and his stupid fucking exploits in space. Which is really disappointing. Hmm. Mainly because it's Arcane. And I've been singing Arcane's praises since the second I finished Dishonored 1. And I've been, you know, I was so excited for Dishonored 2. I I am having the same issues with Dishonored 2. Whereas it doesn't need the story to play the game. But I want the story and I want the story to be better. Because it's just not that interesting. And Prey has an issue where... Did you play the demo for Prey? I did play the demo. So you played the first hour? Yeah. It's got a... It's system shock. There's there's no getting away from, from this. Prey is basically a system shock sequel. Or, repla- you know, replacement. It's closer to system shock than it is the actual Prey. And... While that's great, and it looks like System Shock, and it feels like System Shock, I kind of wanted it to be more Dead Spacey. I wanted it to be. It looked like a, it looked like I was being sold a slightly scary game. Whereas after I figured out that every room I move into, something is going to pop out of nowhere at me, I'm no longer scared. And that took about forty minutes for me to stop jumping. Forty minutes into a fifteen-hour game that's supposed to keep the atmosphere up the entire way. You know, I've got bigger enemies coming at me now and I don't particularly feel scared or worried for my health. I just, they're easy enough to take down. I think I've been killed once and that was through stupidity. I thought it'd be okay to take a wrench to somebody when they were a bit big. (laughs) But even that, the first thing you do, the first weapon you pick up is a wrench. I mean, if that doesn't scream all of the shock games to you, you know, it's, it's so heavily inspired by System Shock and Bioshock and toxic shock and what any shock you can think of it's it's the, the inspiration is all over it and wears it on its sleeve it just isn't grabbing me the way any of those other games did yeah i got that from the demo i mean playing the demo to start with yes it did seem like a pretty pretty weird beginning that then moved into a fairly tense section followed by well this is supposed to be scary, but it's not. And then they're just going to keep throwing more things that aren't actually getting very scary at all. Yeah. And, oh, look, I'm getting more powerful weapons. So now the things that are supposed to be bigger and more scary aren't actually scary at all. Yeah. I think a big problem as well is a lot of people, me included, were expecting Dishonored in space. And we didn't get Dishonored in space. And it, Maybe it's a bit unfair to expect it and to compare the game to Dishonored, but it's going to happen and it's... It's not going to be favourable. Not not to pray, anyways. But, you know, it's it's on a list now of games that, you know, I've got a couple of weeks holiday coming up with nothing to do. So it's on a list of games that I intend on finishing. And maybe, you know, a few weeks down the line, when we do another episode, I'll go, so I finished Prey, and actually, it was really good. I'm just not hopeful at this precise point in time. But the, uh, the other game I really wanted to talk about was... Was only released on... Friday in this country, uh, and that's Netherrealms like Injustice Two. Ooh. Ooh. Which did you play Injustice One? Uh, no, I didn't. No. I was just trying to remember if I actually played it on the Vita, but I didn't. Fair enough. Did you I play, owned it. Have you played yes. any of the Netherrealm like games since they became Netherrealm? That depends. Of course, it's Mortal Kombat Nine, Mortal Kombat X, and, in, and Injustice, as we've already so, figured out. No, no, because the last fighting the last fighting game I played that wasn't Marvel vs. Capcom was uh, Mortal Kombat vs. DC. Oh, wow. Yeah, things have come a long way since then. Yes. 
Um, you mean there's no more heroic brutality? Well, no, there kind of is, but they're not called heroic brutalities anymore. But uh, so, okay, so I'll give you a little bit of background. So, Injustice Two, obviously, is the sequel to Injustice: Gods Among Us, which was a fighting game developed and supported and reported uh, by NetherRealm Studios, who are the guys that I, I, I'm not sure where they came from. I think they're like the the remnants of the Midway team that used to make Mortal Kombat. They're still run by Ed Boon, who I believe is the guy that invented Mortal Kombat, more or less. But So they kind of rebooted Mortal Kombat with... Well, they called it Mortal Kombat. It was Mortal Kombat 9, technically, but Mortal Kombat a few years ago, which everybody that played it loved. It was a beautiful game. It done a couple of new and interesting things. The first thing was it had a proper, full-blown, fleshed-out story mode. had an actual campaign. And the, the beauty of this campaign was... You, it was it was split into chapters. I can't remember how many chapters the Mortal Kombat games had. Uh, but each chapter was like three or four fights with a character. And then you'd move on to the next char- uh, chapter and play with another character for three or four fights. So by the time you get to the end of the game, you've played with half the roster uh, just because you got to the end of the game. Which I really like the idea of. Because so many people I know, and I've done it as well, you pick up a fighting game, you find the character you like, and you don't stop playing as them. You know, it's just, it's, everybody does it. Yep. So to have a story mode where you're forced to play as different characters, so you can get a feel for different characters, like the, the, you know, the, the bigger guys, the guys that have the, the easier combos to throw, the, you know, the chicks who are faster but have slightly lower power hits, but you can get a 10-hit combo in with very little effort, so actually it kind of all balances out. So you can get a feel for all of that, and I really quite like that. Now, Mortal Kombat 9 did it, uh, Injustice had one which was okay. It was an interesting story from what I remember. I don't. I, I did finish it. But I'm pretty sure if I didn't platinum Injustice, I came pretty damn close. Uh, but yeah, Mortal Kombat X a couple of years ago also had a story mode. This one follows on directly from Injustice Gods Among Us, uh, and I won't spoil any story because it's so easy to spoil. But you start off playing as Batman. And you kind of go through a lot of the characters. It's a 27-character 20, roster that increases to 28 when you finish story mode. It's 29 if you pre-order a deluxe edition and you get Darkseid for free. But Yeah, Darkseid. But I didn't. I just rendered it. Oh. Uh, so I've just got a 28-character roster. But you get to play... It's 12 chapters, 15 or 16 different characters you get to play as. Because several of the chapters... You get to choose who you fight as. So, for example, the first time it happens, it doesn't really split the paths, but you get slight. Obviously, you get different uh, dialogue and a slightly different fight. Uh, but you get to choose between Green Arrow and the Black Canary, who turn, okay. up, turn up as a double act. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they're married or at least together, and they have a kid in this particular universe. It's not just that particular universe. It, so, but this is what I. <laughs> you don't. You're not. A, you're not the comic book nerd that I am. No, but this. You and me have had this conversation a hundred and fifty times. But I don't know anything about it. You the, probably didn't know that Black Canary was a real thing until right now. <laughs> well, no, I did. I've seen Arrow. I suppose. This and this is one of my points. I'll get onto it in a second. But uh, so yeah, so you have these two branching paths-ish. To be to be honest, all I did was like it would say, "Do you want to choose Black Canary or Green Arrow?" and the the first fight I'd choose Green Arrow, and the second fight I'd choose Black Canary, and I just 
I just flip-flop them, just because it clearly doesn't affect the story that much. It's just a different quip, depending on who you do. Uh, the only time that isn't true is towards the end, when you basically make a final decision, and then you spend the rest of that chapter fighting as that person, and you get one ending, and it has another ending for you to go back and get. That aside, it's a really, really good story mode that was really, really engaging. I literally I finished it in two sittings. Sitting one was finish story mode. Sitting two was go back and do the other fights so I can get the other ending. And I, I mean, I don't play it... Well, story mode, I don't play on hard. I played it on just medium difficulty. Mainly because I've played enough of these games to know that there is a, at least one cheap motherfucker that will whoop <laughs> your ass in two, you know, two or three hits and you haven't got a chance unless you play really, really well. And I, I haven't got it in me to get frustrated at it anymore. So I played it on medium just so I could get through it. And I was right. The second to last chapter and the last chapter, there are two fights that are 100% cheap as balls. And it took me three or four attempts to get through both of them. <clears throat> but aside from that, really, really, really good. But six to seven hours, I think, for story mode, first time around. Which, for a fighting game, for any fighting game, games that don't really have a story mode, that's not a bad little bit of single player. It's very cinematic. So it's like four fights and a shitload of cinematics in each chapter. And each chapter can last, you know, if you play it on a high difficulty, you could be watching cinematics for 40 minutes and spending 40 minutes fighting. You know, there's a lot. It's, it's very cinematic. There's no... They've lost the quick time events, which is good. All the other games previous to this one had quick time events within the cutscenes that are just frustrating and boring and just unnecessary so they've they've binned those off but yeah it's got a lot of characters in it appear in this story mode and the only reason i know who these people are is because i've watched the fucking dc tv universe <laughs> and okay. i'm i'm talking all of them i'm talking black canary i'm talking captain cold firestorm all people like that I wouldn't, you know, three or four years ago, I wouldn't have had a fucking clue who they were. Now I know who all of them are. But the best bit, my favourite bit, is that I knew exactly what was happening in the story. I managed to figure it out pretty quickly because I watched The Big Bang Theory. Uh, okay. <laughs> because it's just something that's mentioned it completely in passing in The Big Bang Theory, and I saw it happen on the screen, and I was like, okay, I know what's going on here. You know, and instantly I'm like, I know who the bad guy is, I know what the story is, I know what happens. I was like, this this seems like it shouldn't be that easy for a non-comic book fan to spoil for themselves, but somehow I have. I suppose it was just poor luck in that you can remember Big Bang Theory episodes yeah. just at the drop of a hat. It is that. But... It's, I think a lot of it is it's very similar to like when The Dark Knight Rises came out and I figured out who the actual bad guy was about a third of the way through because I'd played Arkham Asylum and read all of the logs. And you knew that Liam Neeson had a daughter. <laughs> well, I, yeah, this is what I mean. Because that I, but I knew that because I'd played the Arkham games and read all the character cards that appeared. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's stuff like that. It, that you, know, ruin, you can ruin your own game for yourself because you play too many games. Well, yeah, but the thing with the comic books thing is that, yes, there's a big lore behind it, but... This is going on a massive tangent. I just realized that, not what well, I say just, within the last week or so, 
I've actually managed to spoil a lot of things for my little sister because she's picked up watching uh, the DC TV universe. Okay. Because she likes Supergirl. Yeah. Uh, so she started watching The Flash and things like that. Fair enough. She keeps asking me questions about all this stuff. And I just realized that I'm actually giving her a lot of spoilers. Like, I told her that <laughs> Wally West was Kid Flash. Okay. Just because I these things don't there's very few things that come up on the DC universe TV shows or the, the DC films like the dark Knight rises. Yeah. For instance, that are spoilers for me yeah. because I, I know that Talia al Ghul is a thing from yeah. not just playing the Arkham games, but just in general, I, I know Wally West is a, one of the flashes. I know that Jesse quick is a, is a person Yeah. that all of the various, villains in arrow i've i've known about for ages yeah. and all this stuff that aren't this that become i i there's no there's no spoiler there's no um there's no shock to me for things that happen really no. because i've seen it all before yeah but things like that for my little sister who's just learning all of this stuff now for the first time <laughs> I think I might need to stop talking about it around her or when she asks me questions, just be very evasive in my answers because she needs to get these things for herself. It's a first time thing, really. Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot better to see this stuff for the first time, which is why kind of glad you're avoiding these spoilers because despite the fact that I really want to know more about the injustice to storyline, I quite, I'm a little disappointed that dark sides locked behind a pre-order bonus considering dark side's my favorite dc villain of all time yeah i have to admit i've become quite the fan of bane as a ca- <laughs> as a character in injustice i think you don't get to no you don't get to play as him but i just like his his super move is just a bunch of badass fucking wrestling moves that ends, oh. that ends in a super hardcore ddt yeah which well, is awesome bane in at least one of the universes is just a mexican wrestler yeah <laughs> Yeah, and they they call him that in in the game in the story. They call, what they call the Luchador. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's actually a really really good game. Like I got it just because I like I love NetherRealm games and I wanted to have a go. And like a month ago, I decided that I wanted to buy Prey and rent Injustice and not the other way around. So I rented Injustice and gave it a play. And now I can't turn it off. I can't turn it off for several reasons. One is uh, the system called the multiverse. So. Anybody that's played Mortal Kombat X knows that you have uh, the towers, and they're basically they're living towers, and they're basically like an old school arcade mode for Mortal Kombat, where you'd you'd climb up the tower, fighting people, and then get to the big boss at the top. And these towers now change, so sometimes it's got a buff, you know. Sometimes they'll be, you know, poison. You'll both be poisoned, and not only do you have to beat the shit out of somebody, but you have to do it before the poison kills you as well. It, you know, little things like that, and you know, a lot of them. You know, they've got leaderboards, they're ranked. Some are harder than others, and that system has returned in in Injustice. And but here it's called the multiverse. So you go to you know Earth eight six nine eight four and fight four people who kind of look like the characters you play with, but are ever so slightly different. I think one of them, Batman, wore all white except for a lilac Batman logo. He looked very uh, gay pride. Uh, I know that Batman outfit, but I can't remember where it's from. Fair enough. <laughs> it, yeah. it was, you know, I, I, I've seen, like, again, I've seen enough DC TV to know these things change ever so slightly, you know. But, you know, there's everyone's dressed a little bit differently and you go, th- you know, you fight three, four 
five six people and get an xp reward for it uh so that's come back there is a loot and gear system in this one which is new and not entirely convincing so you can unlock gear for your character which will give you buffs which i i really don't like the idea of so far from what i can tell those buffs only affect like playing in the multiverse so you can have a level 12 batman who's wearing level 12 gear but that gear buffs him in such a way that you can go and jump into you know level 20 towers and maybe still win or win anyway because you know you're quite good because you're batman yeah so that that i'm i can get behind i can't quite tell and this is because i spent saturday night and sunday night trying to get into a multiplayer game and couldn't so i can't tell if any of these things roll over into the multiplayer i would guess not because that would make multiplayer supremely unfair but i don't know because like i say like an hour saturday an hour and a half sunday struggled to get a game really struggled to get a game uh both ranked and unranked which really kind of sucks because I quite like playing these games online. I'm sure it's just me because I haven't seen people pissing and moaning about it online constantly. So maybe it was, you know, bad timing or, you know. Maybe you just got shit internet. Maybe my internet sucks balls or something. But, you know, I Maybe there is actually no one playing it. That's why you're not seeing anyone pissing and moaning about it because there isn't actually anyone who owns it. I did consider that and then I saw the video game charts yesterday. And Injustice came out at number one. First fighting game in the UK for God knows how long. First fighting game to make number one. Well, it was a weird stat to read. First fighting game to hit number one since 2015, which was Mortal Kombat X. Okay, so basically what you're telling me is every NetherRealm game makes it to number one. That's what, what, what they're saying is, is that it's the first fighting game since the last fighting game. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of those meaningless clickbait headlines that you know it, it's really not even worth reading but it made number one you know with i think it's like 60 percent of sales were on playstation uh physical sales anyway but yeah i mean maybe no one was playing it was a nice night saturday night maybe maybe everybody was out having a barbecue or something i just i couldn't get a game so i can't i can't everyone talk. was watching ant and dex saturday night takeaway exactly so i can't speak to the uh the quality of the online multiplayer. What I can speak to the quality of is how much fun I had playing with Nikita. Nikita has found herself really quite enjoying beating me up in Injustice. So Saturday, Sunday, yesterday and today, we spent a good hour a day just just choosing characters and fighting each other. And, you know, it's the highlight of each fight because she knows how to do the super move. So when you fill up your super move bar and hit, the, uh, the two triggers, and you do super duper, not really an x-ray move, but kind of is an x-ray move. And she loves it. And some of them are fucking grim. Like, a couple of them, I was like, oh, maybe I should have checked to see if that was okay before you done that. But, yeah, she fucking adores it. And yeah, all she wants to do now is play Injustice with me, which is great, apart from the fact that my Xbox signs me in automatically, and Nikita is three. I'm not allowed to beat her up on Injustice. You know, I have to let her win. <laughs> which means that actually what she has done is completely fuck up my win-loss ratio on my profile. Like, every loss I have, bar maybe four, have come from her. Like, well, this is not good. My profile looks fucking terrible now. 
Yeah, but now you'll get matched up with people who have similar win-loss ratios. But that seems unfair, because I'm quite good at these games. Yeah. But... Not blowing my own trumpet or anything, I just, I'm quite good at them. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to be matched up with people with shit win-loss ratios, because they won't have any fun. Or maybe they will. Maybe they'll they... be beaten. Maybe. But yeah, I kept having to let Nikita win, which was fun, because obviously, you know, I, the other half took pictures of me and I play, and she's got this stupid grin on her face, and she sits there hitting the punch button, going, yeah, yeah, and sidekick, yeah. So I'm like, oh, fucking hell, okay, what have I done? But then she made the mistake of going, new dad, I always win. So I beat her up, because and she then, deserved it. And then beat her at Injustice. And then we had another game of Injustice, <laughs> where I let her win, because I'd beaten her up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my, I spent a long time talking about that. That's fine. But, uh, um, there's some microtransactions which kind of suck. There's like five different currencies in the game which are horrendously confusing. But it's as soon as it, I either get my hands on some cheap Microsoft fun dollars or find a copy on disc cheap, I will buy it and own it permanently, and it will always be on my machine. So we can, you know, me and the kid can always play. Really worth a go though if you get a chance. Starting to regret the uh, buying prey. Renting injustice decision instead of the other way around. Then a little bit, yeah, which kind of sucks in so many ways. But I realised the other day I own Injustice: Gods Among Us on PS4 digitally, so I might just install that there because she's got her own controller for the PS4, and it might be a little easier for, for her to hold than the Xbox controller. Well, the PlayStation controller is for tiny people. It is, uh, yeah. But it, you know, live and learn, don't you? But yeah, mate, yeah. that's that's me and my gaming for the last couple of weeks. Nice. What about you? So sticking with the DC theme, I have finished Telltale's Batman. Yeah. How'd you like it? Holy shit, episode four. It's good, isn't it? Fucking hell. (laughs) That that was just spectacular. And the the introduction to Victor Zaz in the Telltale universe of Batman, that was pretty cool. Yeah. The my biggest issue with Telltale's Batman is that episode five was a little flat. Okay. It's just, it was very... It, it kind of painted itself of, into a corner. It was very end-of-story-esque. Yeah. It, it was like, oh shit, we need, to, we need to end this. We've done all of this, but we haven't actually, you know, painted a way of ending the game. Yeah. Like, oh shit, we've introduced all these characters, and we've, we've done all this, and oh shit, we need to now kill everyone off somehow. Yep. So, they, but... That was the biggest issue that they did in the entirety of the game is that they went, we need to introduce this character and this character and this character and this character. Uh, wait, no, nine of these are villains. Okay, uh, well, we need to have one main villain and then we'll just have Batman beat the other villains throughout the entire game. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to admit, I didn't, I didn't dislike the ending. It felt like the entire last chapter was the end of the last act, which it was, obviously. But it felt like maybe it, it was supposed to be a very long chapter four instead of chapters four and five. That way it could actually feel like an ending. Yeah. And the final that... fight seemed to go on for fucking ages. Yes. <laughs> like the final I, was, fight... I was starting to get bored. The final fight did go on for ages. And the whole do I show off who is Batman or not yeah. seemed a bit... A bit of a silly choice to offer. Yeah. Because there is only one option for that. I did, uh, my favourite one was talk to X or beat them up. I was like, hmm, <laughs> well, this doesn't end well for you, mate. Not at all. <laughs> or uh, 
it's it's just a weird one. It's like, do you a save Selena Kyle or b prevent Harvey Dent from becoming Two Face? Yeah. So yeah, it's just there's some really weird choices, and there were a lot of weird choices. I thought maybe they they tried to push them too much to make it match. I don't know a comic book story, or just because mm-hmm. people like me that don't know them go. Oh, Harvey Dent's Two-Face. Why isn't he Two-Face yet? Yeah, why isn't he Two-Face? I'm going to make the choice that makes it so that he becomes Two-Face. Yeah. As opposed to... Um, the I could Harvey Dent's clearly Bruce Wayne's best friend. However, I'm Batman, and he doesn't make... Batman's not supposed to make decisions based on what Bruce Wayne wants. No. Bruce Wayne is the mask, and Batman is the real character. <laughs> Which is more or less the, the whole point of Batman, is that Batman is, in fact, the... The real person, yeah. A bit like what they're trying to do with um, in Arrow at the moment. Oh. And again, move back to the whole DC TV show is that they're making it so that Oliver Queen is the is the mask, oh. and that the Green Arrow is in fact his real person. Fair enough. I haven't watched any recent Arrow. This, that's kind of what the whole point of the most recent series is. Mm. Not that I'm avoiding it. I'm just because I'm doing my film challenge. I'm not watching yeah. much TV. Like yesterday, we had a couple of bits to do. So it it killed our what has become our normal American Gods uh, evening, and now I'm not sure I'm going to have time to watch American Gods because, well, because films. Somewhat advantageous is the fact that I think Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl are all maybe last episode, last two episodes, yeah. and DC Legends of Tomorrow has finished. So, yeah. although I don't know if I'll continue with that because it's a load of horseshit. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Uh, you know the character unlocked TV podcast. Yeah, uh, I I watch Arrow because I like it. I watch Flash because I kind of feel I have to, but I don't really like it. I don't watch Supergirl because it's wank. I don't yep. watch Legends of Tomorrow because it's even more wank. And it's worse now that they've gotten rid of uh, Captain Cold. That's oh, because he's gone to come back to do Prison Break. Yeah. So have they got rid of both of them. Nope. Oh great! Excellent. <laughs> Fuck it. I just they, well. They they had they had um, Wentworth Miller come back to reprise his role as Captain Cold for like four or five episodes throughout the entirety of, and he's he's in he's been in one or two episodes of The Flash just as a cameo appearance, but yeah yeah otherwise it's a bit shit. Yeah, I just I don't I I like Arrow because it's I find it to be an interesting story. Flash I kind of watched just because it kept crossing over with Arrow and I feel like I have to. But even then, every episode, I just find myself getting angry at him, so I'm, I don't want to watch this anymore. Just run faster, Barry. Yeah. So literally, I just, we're, you know, I look at the skybox and go, you know, I've missed so much. Like, I really wanted to revisit Twin Peaks before the new season started this week, and I haven't had a chance, because uh, the wife hasn't seen it. I've never seen Twin Peaks, so I really want her to watch it, and then we can watch the new series as well. I haven't had a chance, and I look at my skybox and all the TV I've got on there, and I look at Flash and go, I don't even know why I've still got that recording. I, I'm going to get to the next week, it's going to be the end of the season, and I'm not going to fucking want to watch it. Absolutely not. <laughs> it will probably, the whole season will be deleted. Nice. Anyways. So anyway, back to games. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Telltale's Batman, I loved it, and I'm really glad that I actually did get around to playing it, and... I might be. I'm. I'm not entirely sure if I'll play Game of Thrones, but I've done all the other Telltale games now, apart from Walking Dead season two as well, I suppose. Yeah. See, I mean, we got Walking Dead season two in Games for Gold, didn't we? So. Yeah. I might revisit it as much as I hated it. I might try and 
swallow the bit that made me not want to play it anymore. Like push through and carry on going. I I would recommend all Telltale stuff, but I would never recommend Game of Thrones. It was so boring. Well, the thing is, is that I own them already, so I kind of it's a it's a tough choice. Do I own them and not play them? Yeah. Or do I play them and hate them? It's because I I didn't enjoy season, episode one, and I didn't enjoy the first minute and a half of episode two. Yeah. I just thought, fuck it, I'm not playing this anymore. I just moved on and did other things. Yeah, but this is the. It, it's why I went back and finished them all because I own them all and I had them all half finished, so I wanted to go back and do them some more. But I wish I hadn't bothered with Game of Thrones. It just it wasn't worth it. Not everyone's going to be walking. Is going to be um, Tales from the Borderlands, Wolf Among Us, or Batman. No, they're going to need to have a bit, bit of shit. And it, you know, and everybody likes different things. I I, uh, I know I talk about him a lot, but I, I I have a lot of respect for Jim Sterling and his opinions. He loved Game of Thrones. I fucking hated it. You know, I know people that really didn't like The Wolf Among Us, whereas for me, it's my favorite one. You know, it's yeah, it swings and roundabouts. You you might like Game of Thrones. You might enjoy it. I think it's probably their worst one that isn't Jurassic Park or Back to the Future. I think the problem with Game of Thrones is that it's Game of Thrones and not um, the the books. Yeah, because. The, the, that's the biggest issue. Being Game of Thrones means it follows the Game of Thrones story, which means that it's got the Game of Thrones characters as opposed to the uh, the, the Fire and Ice characters. Yeah. I am curious, and not so curious as I'm going to go out and buy it, but eventually when it hits either PlayStation Plus or Games of Gold, I definitely want to see what the Telltale Minecraft uh, game plays like. Minecraft story mode. Yes. Not because I'm a Minecraft fan, because I'm not anything but, but just out of interest, you know. And the same with Walking Dead. If I get to the end of season two of The Walking Dead and like it, the last episode of season three of The Walking Dead hits, I think, next week, which means at some point we're due a sale on the season pass for that, so I might pick it up. But, yeah. you know, it all depends. It all depends on if I can be bothered to play the bastard things. Yeah, it's the, the biggest issue with te- with episodic games is I'm guessing if you're you're not playing them as they come out and you just sit there and you go, oh, well, I've got episodes one through four, so I'll just wait for episode five to come out and then I'll just play them all at once. And then episode five comes out and then it's another six months or so before you go, oh, yeah, I need to play these. Yeah, because that was my issue, because I bought them all when they went on that ridiculous sale and you could buy all of the Telltale games for like a fiver. Yeah. And. I got all of those, and then I just I happened to have um, Walking Dead season one, and Walking Dead season two became free, and I think I bought a couple of other episodic games because they were Xbox had that sale of episodic titles just in general. So I've got yeah. Life is Strange, I've got the Hitman Collect uh, one, and I've got that other one. I can't remember what it is now. Me, me, don't know. I do not know. It's just another episodic title. It's not a Telltale one. Fair enough. But at the same time, I also bought the 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 full collection of Metal Gear Solid 5. Oh, God. So I've just got that sitting on my hard drive. <laughs> and I, I Sales are dangerous, mate. Like, the amount, of, the amount of games I keep buying, and we're talking physical and digital, that I just buy it and never fucking play. It's absolutely mental. Yeah. But for the, for the price of, I think it was a total of, I think I spent 60 quid, and I got, you know, five Telltale games. I got Hitman, I got Life is Strange, and I got Metal Gear Solid 5, Phantom Pain, and the 
prequel yeah. game. The prologue, whatever that was called. Uh, Ground Zeroes. Ground Zeroes. Yeah, for the for the price of 60 quid. And then since then, like in the last week, I bought um, War and Death edition of... Um, the Darksiders. Darksiders for 16 quid. Yeah. When Warmastered is 15.99. Yeah. So it's like, for an extra penny, get the Definitive Edition. Yeah, absolutely. So, which amusingly brings me on to the other game I've played, which is Darksiders <laughs> Warmastered Edition. Yeah. It the cinematics look fucking beautiful, and oh, I the cinematics are what sold me on on Darksiders. I have to admit. And I will freely admit that. I think they the, they actually did some work on the cinematics for the new for the Warmastered edition because yeah. they do look really pretty. And the problem I've got is that I say it's a problem. I was going to say I sense a big hairy butt coming around the corner. When I got control of war, yeah. the prettiness of the cinematics did not translate. Okay. But then I thought, okay, that's understandable. It's it's a game versus the cinematics but in a time when the game and cinematics weren't the, the, the cinematics weren't filmed in game engine yeah. back in the day and I was like so yeah that's okay it's alright I understand it the game is not going to be as pretty as the cinematics no. I then watched a video on YouTube of someone doing something because I remembered I could do something but I couldn't remember how to do it so I watched a video of someone doing it on the original Darksiders 1 and holy fuck did that look ugly back in the day and I don't mind what the new version looks like Oh yes. I'm okay with how this looks now that I've seen how it used to. Yeah, I mean, Dark Souls <laughs> 1 I don't think ever looked ropey, but it it was pretty and it was fun, but it, it had its issues. It was pretty and it was fun, but it was pretty and fun like 10 years ago. Yeah. And 10 years worth of updated graphics has spoiled us in yeah. the world. It's why I really struggled every time I've gone back to play games on the backwards compatibility list, because I've looked at them... And I've gone, oh shit, I remember this game. It was really fucking amazing. Play it for 30 seconds ago. Yeah. yeah, I've been spoiled by graphics now. Yeah, yeah. nostalgia's a powerful tool. Yeah, and it's a, it sells so many remastered editions. And you know, half the ones I've bought, I've gone, oh, I, played, I bought the Sly Cooper collection when I was a kid. I, I bought the trilogy and it was dog shit. It yeah. looked dog shit. It played dog shit. I don't know why this game was good. Uh, Borderlands 2 is a good example for me because I Borderlands 2 is free on Xbox Live for a while. Uh, games with gold. A load of my friends got it. We we went back to playing it, and then after after about maybe two hours or so, three hours, we got as far as Sanctuary, and I was like, guys, I can't keep playing this. And they were like, why? <laughs> like, this is one of your favorite games. I said, yeah, but I've got the handsome collection. I want to I, I want to play with nicer graphics. Yeah. I need, I've but the I've got. I've managed to cloud up my characters because when I played the Handsome Collection, unless you physically have Borderlands 2 to then upload into the in-game cloud because your the Xbox Live cloud doesn't count because no. I already had characters in the Xbox Live cloud. Hence why the fact that when I played Borderlands 2, I had access to three of my characters that I upped to the cloud. Yeah. So in the backwards compatible version of Borderlands 2, I've now upped in the in-game cloud so now when I play the Handsome Collection, I've got a level 61 Siren to play with. Yeah. So I've got that. But yeah, playing games that are old, it's the bonus is the fact that Darksiders 3 is coming. Yeah. 
which I'm guessing was the same kind of bonus and the fact that I'm going to go back onto Mass Effects 1, 2, and 3. I love playing Mass Effect. Mass Effect is the only game that I can... And lo and behold, I played through 1, 2, and 3 recently. Yeah. Loved every minute of it. And these are games that are 10 years old almost. Yeah. May, uh, 2000, 2003, I think. Holy shit. 14 years old. Yeah, I think 2003 was Mass Effect 1. Bloody hell. How far through Darksiders did you get then? What are you? I'm, I've got as far as... I've killed Tiamat. So the first actual boss. Yeah, Tiamat was a bastard. Tiamat's a fucking cunt. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, what the, you say that, I remember the first time I played it, I remember her being a real bastard and really fucking hating it. It took me ages to get through it. And then I put the Warmaster's Edition on because I bought both that and the Death and Edition when the Warmaster Edition came out. Uh, and you want to talk about dodgy uh, upscales and things. Everything I've read about the Definitive Edition is negative. I've not heard one good thing about the re-released Darksiders 2. I'm not looking forward to finally finishing Darksiders 1 and getting onto that. But yeah, so playing as Tiamat or playing against Tiamat, I remember it being. Well, I remember her being a right bastard to, to beat. This time around, I got into the arena, kind of lost half of my health while I tried to remember what I had to do. Died, yep. went back into the arena. Second time around, she didn't touch me once. I whooped her ass pretty quick. I was oh yeah, I was well chuffed with myself. I had a similar situation with the jailer because against the jailer, I was like walked into the room. He came out swinging, hit yeah. me twice. I was like, okay, right, there's actually something I need to do for this. And then I remembered, oh, I've just been given the crossblade. Yep. All right, pulled the crossblade out, had a look. Oh, there's these three hit points. Hit that. Go up, smack him with my sword for a bit, run away for a bit, do, repeat. Yeah. So after losing half my health against the jailer, I then completely annihilated him for the rest of the arena because the it's just once once I found the pattern, it was really easy to do. Yeah. Tiamat, it took me it took me one attempt. So went into the arena, got killed trying to work out what it was I needed to do. Yeah. Went ah uh, I know, got killed, did the first bit, knocked her onto the ground. Got killed a second time because I couldn't work out how what to do the next point. Yeah. Because I was just like, what the fuck is this? I go up <laughs> to her, she just does a ground slam. Yeah. And then I remembered, ah, I know. Just constantly kite her. Yeah. And just keep throwing the crossblade at her until she does the uh, the the B button quick time event. Yep. Rinse and repeat. Job's done. Yep. And now I never have to use the crossblade again. Uh, not to kill people, no. But to get through half the puzzles, you do. Yeah, well, apart from apart from going through puzzles, the crossblade is now well. The crossblade's always completely useless. Yeah. <laughs> the only time the crossblade's useless, useful, is against um, the things hanging off the ceiling. Yeah. Blowing up mines from a distance. Yeah. And beating the jailer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I forgot it was called the crossblade. I kept calling it the glaive. What's, well, it is a fucking the glaive, glaive. From uh, just that's what the weapon's called. <laughs> In, in in real world, Dark Sector. Yes, yeah, Dark, Sector. Dark Sector. That's a fucking blast from the past. Dark Sector. Was it Dark Sight or Black Sight? I never played Black no, Sight. No, it was Dark Sector. Dark yeah, Sector are. was the thing where the glaive was like an alien mutant thing in your arm. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> and and you never played Black Sight, you lucky bastard. Yeah, I'm not that stupid. I bought it. I was that stupid. <laughs> I bought it based on the fact that I was told not to buy it. And they were like, it's one of the worst games of all time. So I was like, fuck it, let's give it a go. Wow. You're literally that guy. If I told you to stick your head in the oven, yes, yes, I would do it. 
Every time. Yep. <laughs> if all your friends were jumping off a cliff, yes, I'd go. I'd push them off and then jump. I did miss out on killing the 160 enemies while on the back of the angelic beast though oh fuck that I I tried it twice and I went you know what I remember how much of a bastard this was I remember how angry I got chasing that trophy the first time around (laughs) Uh, I'm not fucking doing that again I've got a save point just before uh, at the the top bottom of the steps so if if push comes to shove and I fancy it I can just I can go back to that save point but literally the only reason to do it is for an achievement. Yeah. And I don't... I give so little of a shit about achievements now. I'm not, I'm, and I am so glad. Because the second time I done it, I went, I am not fucking doing this. I'm just... It's not worth my sanity or the controller that I am definitely going to snap in frustration trying to do it. I might go back to it if I can be bothered to go for an apocalyptic playthrough. But at the moment, I'm just content with going through on normal. Apocalyptic playthroughs is a piece of piss if before you do the last boss, because obviously you can travel everywhere and have access to more or less everything at that point, Yeah. go back and get the Abyssal Armor. Once you get the Abyssal Armor, it's a piece of cake. Which you, one's the Abyssal Armor again? Is that the one, one that... You've got to collect ten parts of it. No, I'm, I'm trying to remember. It's, there's, isn't that... There's, there's always an armor in every game that's basically legend of zelda which means that instead of taking damage to your health you take you lose something like a collectible thing like in legend of zelda it was uh, there's an armor piece that instead of taking damage to your health you just lose your rupees which is the currency so it's the abyssal armor the one where it's instead of taking damage you lose blue souls instead i do not remember there's got there must be an armor that does that that's the whole point of these types of games is that yeah. there's a an armor that means that you don't take damage, but when you get hit, you lose blue souls, and then when you run out of blue souls, then you move around slower, and you you know you can't run anymore. Or yeah, I mean to be fair, in Dark Side, as you if you are chasing the hundred percent, you need the abyssal armor because there's a trophy yeah. for it. Yeah, and I'm I'm I've collected all of the abyssal armor pieces that I've come across so far. Yeah, I've got the one underneath Samael. I've got the one that's in the area with Samael, just in general. Yeah. And I've got the two bits in the 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 church. Yeah. Before Tiamat. Yeah. Because while I was in there I remember distinctly that there's loads of extra places and yeah. dungeons and different places to go walk around and I managed to find I found the chest that contained the map and then I found the chest that contained the locations of all the chests. And I was like, Oh, alright then. I just went looking for them. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it was literally, I just unlocked Tiamat's entrance and I was like, I'm going to go wander around for a bit because there's going to be stuff I've missed. Yeah, well there's loads, especially around the Twilight Cathedral, there's loads for you to go and have a look at once you uh, unlock other abilities. And it's, you know, this, it's why it's worth, it's always worth going back because there's a bit, there's like, there's weird collectibles on roofs that you don't think you can get to until you go back later and go, oh, I can pull myself up with this. Oh yeah, because when you get the uh, the glove gun. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I'm just I'm just having a quick look. The Abyssal Armor has no uh, negative points at all. Just a stronger, super strong armor. In Darksiders, it drastically increases War's defensive abilities, making enemies deal less damage and gives life upon all attacks, like a stronger ah. version of Bloodthirst. Yeah. So, yeah, every time you hit something, you get extra life. So it's the... the com- I combine that with the Ravager, which gives you extra souls just in general. Yeah. Um... Honorary mention to the Shadow Realm challenges, 
which I I completely forgot existed until playing. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, the first four, despite the fact that they're the easiest, are yeah. such fucking bastards. Yeah. It's like kill forty enemies using the B button. Yeah. It's like that's all well and good when it's the the fucking harpies where you just jump up and grab them yeah. and stab them, and or it's just like the regular people and just beat them in the fa- grab their feet and just smack them on the floor. Oh, but when you get the fucking uh, lava-handed motherfuckers. Yeah. The big gaseous motherfuckers. Ah, oh, those fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you have to do a few of those. Yeah, those those Shadow Realm challenges, they are right fucking bastards sometimes, <laughs> but fun. Yeah. And it's I, I do like good old-fashioned arena challenge. Yeah. It's what I love about Darksiders 1, and, and what I remember not liking so much about Darksiders 2, is that it just felt like an an old school game when you played it. It had all these kind of elements from 10-year-old games that were just great and literally you know, just all molded into one. I was well chuffed when I got hold of Darksiders. But yeah, that's another one on my list I've got to finish at some point. I'm going to have a, a quick honorary laugh at all of my friends who've gone out and spent, you know, £300 to play the new Legend of Zelda game when they could have just played Darksiders for, for 16 Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I think I'll never play Breath of the Wild. I'm not really a Zelda fan, so 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 far it's the only reason to buy a Switch. So it's no reason for me to buy a Switch at all. Yeah, maybe when Smash Brothers goes to Switch, I might consider it. But I didn't buy a Wii U in the end, despite the fact I said that I might get it for Smash Brothers. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Depends <laughs> on how much disposable income I have in you know three years' time when Smash Brothers comes out on Switch. Yeah. And Mario Kart Nine. <laughs> Or rather, Mario Kart for the Switch instead of just a remastered version of the Wii U version. <laughs> yeah. But we'll call it Deluxe because it sounds better than remastered. Oh, yes. Remastered of a game that's only like six weeks old as it is. <laughs> People are idiots. Yes, they are. Especially Nintendo fanboys. Yes, they are. <laughs> so... That pretty much wraps up what we've been playing. So we'll go on to some... Wait, what do we do first? Recommendations, isn't it? Yes. So let, let's recommend some stuff. Brooks, what have you got? <laughs> uh, so my recommendation, I suppose, is pretty much the only thing left on Games for Gold for, for this month that's worth looking at, and it's the... Uh, Lego Lara Star Wars. Cro- yeah. <laughs> Lara Croft, the Temple of Osiris, which is actually a, a lot more fun than I think people expected when it came out. I, I quite like it. And for free, you know... Best price in the world. Really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. How about uh, you, mate? I'm going to recommend that from May the 26th, which is technically today for the people listening, until the Sunday, which is the 29th. Actually, it's the Monday, rather. Yeah. So, uh, But Overwatch is free to play. So that, yeah, literally, so from the entire time of which I've been speaking, you could have been playing Overwatch. Time was probably best best spent playing Overwatch as well. Yeah, instead of we, we talking an ordinate amount of shit. Yeah, I mean we've been doing this for an hour and a half, and I think we've actually only spoken about games for maybe twenty minutes. The rest's mm. been TV, ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Jalapeno bites. And spicy bites. Yeah. And people crying because of how spicy they are. And spicy birds. <laughs> yeah. So cool, but yeah, man, Overwatch. Did you, you didn't get. To, play normal Overwatch multiplayer, did you, when you rented it? 
No, I didn't. So with the uh, the free weekend, I'll probably give the the actual multiplayer itself a go because ah, so there'll be other to install that bad boy. There'll be actual people playing it. Yeah. There'll be rather there'll be people playing the free weekend as free weekend players instead of me playing it the rental and just against the people who have yeah. been playing nothing but Overwatch for the last god knows how long. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think they're doing it to uh, they just do a bit of marketing because they just announced the game of the year edition, haven't they? Yeah. Which is just the origins edition with that's it i think you get I gonna... extra loot boxes well there's no there's no paid dlc for overwatch there's no there's, there's no dlc it's just loot boxes no, it's my no, there's no paid maps there's no there's no paid skins there's nothing there's, so there's nothing how i don't understand how you justify reselling this thing as a game of the year edition and just giving a few loot boxes away is it the anniversary edition yeah so it's just that Overwatch is a year old and people are still playing it, so we'll try and get more people to play it yeah. by giving away this game with more stuff. Because killing Battleborn wasn't enough. They, ha- they have to have all the people playing. Poor Battleborn. Have you played Battleborn? No, I didn't. I Dude, just <laughs> I, I bought Battleborn on a whim. Uh, so a couple of months ago, I saw it was on game for like three ninety nine, And I put it in my basket and then just thought better of it and then just closed the tab. So then about two weeks later, when I think Game announced they got extra DLC or something for pre-orders of Agents of Mayhem. So I went on to Game and I pre-ordered Agents of Mayhem and sitting in my basket still was Battleborn for three ninety nine. <laughs> and I went, I kind of feel sorry for that poor little game just been sat there like for two weeks waiting for me to buy it. So fuck it. I'm going to buy Battleborn. So you didn't get one of those emails from Game saying, go on. You know you want it. No, because even game though, no one actually wants Battleborn, <laughs> which is why they're selling it for three ninety nine. <laughs> but so this game fucking turns up, and I'm I, I give it a go. You know what? Let's have a. It could be a laugh, and I play through the tutorial, which is okay. And I I get to the end of the tutorial, and I go, actually, you know what? This is kind of fun. I want to play some more. It loads you. It throws you into the lobby. And all you get is this sea of bullshit on the screen that just says, any of these things you want to play, you are in for a long wait for connection. And I was like, okay, well, that that could mean anything. So I sat and just clicked, you know, like, play this mission or something. I, was, I left it trying to connect for 40 minutes. Wow. Nothing. Not a fucking sausage. I was like, well, I'm getting rid of this. <laughs> I uninstalled it. And I actually gave the game to somebody at work and went, because he was talking about going, I've never played that. I went, well, I own it and don't want it. So literally, here it is. You can have it. It's basically the ring in video game form. Because <laughs> you're going to watch it and then want to die. So here you go. Uh, yeah, don't play Battleborn. is basically the moral to this story. <laughs> you know what? Battleborn to Overwatch makes me kind of just think of uh, the Simpsons episode. It's a Christmas one. Uh, Bart really wants a game. And then at the end of it, uh, Marge gives him a video game that turns out to be Lee Carvello's putting challenge instead of, I think it was called Bone Storm, which was basically <laughs> Mortal Kombat. But I think just in general, people will be given Battleborn inst- when they've... You know, as a Christmas present from their grand when they really wanted Overwatch. Yeah. That's what Battleborn is. It's the <laughs> it's the unwanted present of someone who didn't know better. Yeah. Well, I got in the box. It had a couple of like character cards. 
you know, it, it, it just gives you stats and things on it. So I, I took them out and I left them on the side and the the, uh, the child got hold of them and now they go, they've gone into her permanent collection of little cards that she's collected from things like fruit juice and things like that. Mate, my sequel has got more enjoyment out of those cards than I got out of Battleborn at all. <laughs> There's absolutely no point in ever just installing Battleborn. Just saying the word Battleborn is bad and a waste of time. Alright. I think that's us done, mate. I think we're done. I think we are done. So that leaves us with the end of the show. Uh, Brooks, what are you plugging this week? What am I plugging this week? Uh... Let's plug, well, I tell you what, actually, I, I'll, I'll plug my normal podcast. Uh, Last Save Loaded, obviously, Foul Critics, Underground Knights, The Same Coin, although The Same Coin have been a bit sporadic at the moment. Nothing, you know, it's not their fault. Guys have had some issues and just life. Life permanently gets in the way of fucking everything. But they have just started themselves a YouTube channel where like the, all of the lads do commentary over video, and it's really quite funny. Uh, so worth giving them a butcher's if you get a chance. Uh, you know, all just all the podcasts I listen to, Backup Backup Show, uh, the Retro Gaming Discussion Show, and another one actually I was recommended the other day. I'm yet to listen, but several people I know listen to and swear by, so I'll give them a shout out. Anyway, it's the, the Brand X podcast, which apparently is very good. But that's me and my plugs, I think, mate. How about you? Uh, no, I'm not plugging anyone. Fair enough. Just myself. Just yourself. Okay. I'm not worth listening to. There's no point in plugging me. I just plug other people. Basically the people I copy in in an attempt to be funny. You are funny, Mr. Brooks. Well, that's because you don't listen to any of these other podcasts. This is true. (laughs) I don't need to listen to them. I've got you. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, So, where can people find you? Uh... Yes. Ah. I am, uh, as always, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Brooker411. I podcast and write occasionally. I haven't written anything for a while, but I'm, I'm planning to, I suppose. Uh, I podcast and write for Failed Critics. And, yeah, that's about it. Cool. So, How about you? You can, you can find me on Twitter as the John underscore CU and on Xbox Live as Long Dong Silver. But if you don't care about us individually... You can find Character Unlock on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Character Unlock. So just you know, type Character Unlock into the various search bars of those choice social medias and you'll come across us. But if you don't have social media or only really listen to us in order to get off, then uh, you can join us again in about two weeks' time. We'll be likely discussing more or less nothing again. Uh, Thanks for listening. You say that. Pre-3 next time, mate. Oh, well... Pre three, that's pretty much well nothing because it's not actual E three. Well, apart from the fact that Ubisoft blew their entire load and have already announced everything already. Apart from that, we might have some stuff to talk about. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
or find us on Twitter at Character Unlock. Thanks for listening. I'll, I'll see. I'll. I'm. Oh, pardon me. Fucking Ah, chili burps. <laughs> Dude, I almost felt. I literally, I fell out my chair laughing today. Have you had those uh, jalapeno chili flavored pretzel pieces? Um, no. They're fucking amazing. Next time okay. you go to Tesco's, find your way to the American section and have and find yourself jalapeno flavored pretzel bites. Jalapeno flavored pretzel bites. Yeah. So not a chocolate coated pretzel. No, no, they're like, it's, it's, it looks like a bag of nuts. It's like a silver packet, like a foil packet. Foil pack of nuts that are actually jalapeno chili bites. They're fucking amazing. But Matt took like a massive mouthful and swallowed the whole lot, loved it, and then belched. And just the look of pain on his face. <laughs> as he went, holy fuck, that's hot. And then literally just started crying. <laughs> I haven't laughed that much in ages. I fell off my chair pissing myself. It was outstanding. Oh. Anyways. So that didn't take very long to move on to a tangent. No. It took us It took us half an hour to get started, and then ten minutes later, you fucked it up again. Fuck off, dude. You started by talking about Oreo ice cream. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, clearly, we're both hungry. Mm-hmm. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com